Hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't you love the worship of the Lord? Hallelujah, he is worthy of our praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, he's done so much for us. Amen, and it really kind of begins with uh, this time of the year when we celebrate uh, his birth. Had he not been born, then he wouldn't have been able to die and be crucified and, and uh, take our place for the sins. So we're thankful that he was born, but we're thankful that he died uh, for our sins because where would we be without him? Amen. We would be in a world of hurt. Amen. And uh, we wouldn't be uh, able to handle uh, the sin problem in our life in this world. But thanks be to God and all that he's done is grace and mercy. We're here. Amen. That makes you want to worship him, right? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Man, so good to see everyone here tonight to worship together, to come together to worship, to worship the Lord. So good to see Justin and Stephanie come down and early. Amen. And uh, man, they had to come early because they got to make a few trips of all the gifts that they got. So, <laughs> Amen. So good to see everyone here. Amen. As ushers come, amen. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're not having our Sunday school hour. We're going to just meet here at uh, our worship hour, 11 o'clock and 1015 for prayer uh, before service. Uh, and so looking forward to that. Uh, next week, uh, we're not having Thursday night service. We're going to have Friday night service, watch night. Amen. And so come uh, ready for that, expecting uh, great things from God and Pretty soon we'll be blinking, and uh, this year will be gone, and a whole new year to start to worship the Lord together. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, as we pray for this offering, let's pray for our needs. Amen. Our city, those that we know that need a touch from God tonight, let's go before the Lord. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time we can come before you. We thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. How great you are, Jesus, for all that you've done for us, God. We give back to you tonight. We ask you to bless us, offering, multiply for your kingdom. God, we touch every need, God, that is here and knows it or not. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord and worship and giving. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, oh, what a wonderful child. Jesus, 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 Jesus. so lonely. Jesus, 
We praise you, Jesus, the name that is above every name. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We can go to the book of Luke, the second chapter. Amen. Reading verse 1. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. Now you don't have to go to your city. Now they know where you're at. So they just send the bill to you. Uh, so this is kind of a different setting. Uh, and Joseph went up from Galilee out to the city of Nazareth and to Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Amen. Obviously this story we know, uh, mentioned on Sunday. Amen. But we're getting closer and closer to that. So uh, you may be seated tonight. Amen. Uh, Seven-year-old seven Johnny yelled... Daddy, guess what's missing? The front lawn rang with excitement as the family put the life-size manger scene in place. What, his father asked while he was finishing uh, fastening Joseph to uh, a stake for support. It's baby Jesus, Johnny replied, twisting his face into a frown. Daddy, if we can't find Jesus then there's no need for us to put up the rest of the manger scene at all. Seven-year-old Johnny was right. If we cannot include Jesus in our Christmas, then there really is no reason to celebrate Christmas at all. Amen. And so uh, obviously the stores and every the world kind of turns its attention uh, at this time of the year, but there's also... Uh, it's not just full of manger scenes and baby Jesuses as decorations. There's many, many other decorations. Um, and you probably have to go hunting and really looking for a, a baby Jesus or a manger scene. Uh, and so that goes to show you uh, how much uh, Jesus is in the forefront of this uh, holiday that we're supposed to uh, celebrate all that he's done for us. But uh, many people... Uh, come to Christmas and it's it's really not about Jesus at all. It's about everything else. The lights and the glamour and the presents and the gifts and family and all that stuff's great, but we know that it would not be possible if it was not for that baby, if it was not for that manger, if it was not for Jesus coming to this earth and uh, being born to be the, the sacrificial lamb for the sins of mankind. Uh, and so we were, this week we went to uh, Lakes Park, they have a little train ride there. It's really, it's really impressive, actually, uh, like a one one eighth size of a train, but everybody can hop on it. It drives you around the track. Uh, it's really cool. And at nighttime, they have uh, you know lights up and decorations and things. And you go around uh, to the final bend. It's like a fifteen minute ride, so you get your money's worth, five bucks. Uh, you come around to the bend, the last turn, and you start heading back toward the station. And uh, 
uh, up ahead was a, was a big cross that was lit, lighted up, and white lights, so you can't miss it. Uh, and so after all the other uh, decorations and scenes you go through, I appreciated the final scene. One of the final scenes was this just this big cross in a, in a manger scene. And our girls look up and say, oh, look, I see a cross. I see the cross. And um, I hear uh, a couple kids back, uh, a couple rows, seats back, whatever. Uh, a little kid says, look, I see a T. I see a T. And you heard this old uh, grandma, must have been her grandma, she said, no, that's a cross. And so with that little kid's uh, exclamation that, hey, look, I see a T, that really says a lot, doesn't it? Because it tells you about his parents. Obviously, they're not talking about the cross, or otherwise he would first say a cross instead of a, just a random T out in the middle of the yard. Uh, uh, and so it speaks of uh, the parent's life, but also speaks of the child's life who doesn't recognize a cross. And so to that child, I'm going to assume, step out on a limb, that uh, to that child, uh, maybe Jesus is not even in the picture. Uh, if, if they don't know what a cross is, the odds are they may not know what the manger is. Uh, and so here we can see two generations already kind of just push Jesus out of their life. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not, but uh, that statement says a lot. And what is that going to say uh, as this kid, uh, as he grows up, uh, unless some kind of change happens in their life and their parents decide to get a hold of Jesus and take him to Sunday school and church, odds are that that child's going to grow up and just going to see T's in the yards, and his kids are going to see T's. uh, but I'm, I, I was touched after hearing that, that my kids look at that and saw, look, I see a cross. Uh, I'm thankful to be a part of the church, to be a part of the church of the living God, that we know what the reason for this season is, and that if there is no Jesus in our Christmas, we really have no reason to celebrate at all. Uh, and so what does Christmas mean to you? Uh, what does this Christmas mean to you? We know Christmas comes every year, just like our birthday. Uh, you know, we older we get, the, the more we just forget about our birthdays. But you can't forget about Christmas because uh, it's just there. Uh, but what does this year's Christmas mean to you? Uh, hopefully it means uh, something more special as each year goes by. Uh, is it a season to fill our life with more worldly things or a time to be filled with all the desirables this life offers? Or what does... Uh, What did Christmas mean to him who brought the celebration to us? What does this time of the year mean uh, to God? Uh, Christmas initially meant uh, no vacancy to Jesus and his family. That's what Christmas meant for them. Their first, I guess, if you want to start their first Christmas, which technically uh, they started, if you will. Uh, But uh, it initially meant their first year was no vacancy. Uh, We can learn a lot by listening to children, and uh, a little girl was helping her mother unpack the nativity set and and, and set it up, and she unpacked each of the pieces, and she said, here's Mary and Joseph, and when she got to the figure of Jesus in the manger, she said, and here's the baby Jesus in his car seat. And so a, a baby is so cute and innocent But don't let their empty looks deceive you. They can be full of surprises. 
uh, and they can be uh, not so cute after all. Uh, but as the shepherds were interrupted by a host of angels that night, it, I'm fairly certain that the angelic activity got the attention of Lucifer and um, being the prince of the power of the air, seeing a, a single angel go and speak to a human, uh, I'm sure it was interesting enough, caught his eye, but now Lucifer... Uh, he's probably got used to that for happening for thousands of years because angels are the messengers of God. And we see all throughout the Bible, uh, you know, uh, periods of angelic activity where angels appear to, to men and women and, and all these things. So that's really nothing out of the normal if you've seen that happen uh, many times before as Lucifer, uh, I'm sure, had. Um, but this time, this year, it was something different. A heavenly host of angels, all appearing at the same time. We don't know how large this choir was, but a heavenly host, uh, it, can be, it can be a million strong. Who knows how big it was? It probably, uh, the sound waves reverberated throughout the earth, right? Because obviously a king was being born. Uh, and so they deserved nothing less than a heavenly host. And so uh, uh, I'm sure Lucifer really got his attention with this, uh, and so as the shepherds went to check out the information that the angels told them about this baby being born, wrapped in a manger and swaddling clothes, I'm sure that maybe Lucifer was not far behind after seeing that heavenly host appear. He was inquisitive as well of what was happening. And there they came to the stable and saw the baby in swaddling clothes lying in the manger just as the angels would, had said. And as cute as baby Jesus was, the devil had no idea that this little baby was going to be his worst nightmare. Those little baby smiles are cute, but they can be turned to a nightmare real quick. Uh, because the ancient prophecy... Uh, that Lucifer heard, he was there and heard with his own ears, Genesis 3, the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel." Uh, and so that was the, the, the first prophecy, the good news of what was to come many, many millennia later. Uh, and so I wonder had the devil spent uh, many days lying awake wondering what all that meant back then. Uh, that night, that baby was the beginning of the end of Lucifer. Uh, and so as baby Jesus looked over at Lucifer, and, and smile, the cutest smile ever. Uh, I don't think that the devil had any idea what was behind that smile. Because that was the end, going to be the end, the beginning of the ending of his kingdom. Uh, it, it wasn't until many years later that Lucifer began to put some pieces together. After hearing men speak, wise men and, and elders speak about how this 12-year-old boy was so knowledgeable. He was stunning, these, these priests, uh, these scribes, these men of, of religion who had uh, knew it like the back of their hand. Yet here's this 12-year-old boy uh, uh, 
so knowledgeable and, 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 and answering their questions and even proposing questions that maybe they could not answer. Um, uh, and so the devil saw him as a baby and then uh, realized a few years later that, hey, there's, maybe this is still the same boy. This is that, that baby growing up. Then after hearing about a man turning water into wine, uh, these things never really happened before. You don't really hear those talk about, but a water, a man turning water into wine gets the attention uh, of people, and uh, I'm sure the uh, the spiritual world as well. Uh, and so I'm sure Lucifer said, "I had better go check and look into this situation even more because I've never heard anything like that before. What's going on here?" Ever since this baby showed up, there's been a heavenly host of angels that's never really happened before. Uh, a 12-year-old boy that is confounding wise elder priests and uh, a man turning water into wine. Uh, and so he, he he's followed, put, put some watchers on this uh, man and uh, come to find out that this man was taking a walk all by himself out into the wilderness. We know that the Bible says he was led away by the Spirit into the wilderness uh, to be tempted. And while Jesus was uh, uh, being weakened in the wilderness. Uh, he did not give in to the devil's temptations, tried them three times, and still uh, did not give in to that. But uh, I, I still wonder, as, as Lucifer's going away from that uh, scene in the wilderness, I, I still wonder if, if he had any idea what was really happening. Uh, had he known what was coming... Uh, uh, maybe he would have done things a little bit differently, but I, I think uh, God got the best of him uh, because even though uh, Lucifer, Satan, seems to be all-powerful, he's not all-powerful. He has very limited power. Uh, he can only do what God allows him to do. Uh, and so he's not God's counterpart. He's not God's uh, arch nemesis. He's just he's just a, an angel, uh, and God can do whatever he wants with the devil. And so uh, Satan is not some all-powerful being. He's not all-knowledgeable. He doesn't know everything. He's limited in his scope. And so why should we care what the devil says when he is limited? He, he, he's on a leash. Our God is the one true God, all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing God. Amen. And so we're going to listen to what our God has to say and not give in to the wiles of the devil. Uh, and so, uh, had he known what was coming, uh, when, the when they finally crucified and killed Jesus that day, uh, I'm sure the devil was there smiling back at Jesus, returning that smile that Jesus gave him from the manger. Now the devil's giving that smile back to, the, back to Jesus. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, he had no idea. He maybe thought that, that was the end of it all. Uh, but it really was just the beginning. I believe that when they were taking Jesus off the cross, that I'm sure Lucifer went on rejoicing that this guy is finally off the scene. He caused a great stirring. He did cast out a lot of devils and healing people and opened blinded eyes. I mean, he really shook the foundations of the world, this man did. But now, but now he's dead and gone and off the scene. And, and finally, Lucifer can get some sleep. He couldn't sleep in perfect peace anymore because, uh, you know, God's timing is perfect. But I, I bet just as soon as Lucifer laid his head down on his pillow, 
and his eyes closed, uh, there came that deep, thunderous knocking at his door. And as he peered through the peephole, he saw a smile, a smile that he'd seen before, uh, a smile that a baby had given him. And that baby Jesus came there and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Uh, And I'm so thankful that Jesus came and did what he did. He came to earth to save us. Uh, But as you know, the account of Jesus' life wasn't filled with luxuries from this life. But he reflected the life of a servant, a suffering servant. Jesus wasn't born in the the luxury uh, birthing suite at the hospital. He wasn't born at some great birthing center. He was born in a barn, born in a cave where animals were held. Uh, He didn't have friends and grandma and grandpa come there to to welcome him to this world, uh, there to hold him and kiss him. No, he had donkeys and goats, sheep or chickens, uh, whatever animals were there. uh, That's what he had as company to sing him lullabies and to welcome him into this world. He was there because there was no room for him in the inn. Think about that. There was no room for Jesus. No room for Jesus in the inn or in Bethlehem for for that matter. Apparently the only place that was available in the entire town was a barn for uh, baby Jesus to be born. But he decided to come anyways. He, he knew the situation, what it was going to be. He knew it wasn't going to be the best standards to be birthed in, but yet he came anyways. I'm thankful that he chose, hey, I'm still going to come. Even though the world's not going to roll out the red carpet for me and, and treat me and, and, and be there at my birth, I'm still going to come anyways. I'm thankful that he came. Uh, and so uh, the world doesn't have to be ready for God to come. He's going to come whenever he's ready to come. Uh, And so if there's no room for him in the end, he's going to come anyways. And he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. If the innkeeper had known that the baby to be born that night was God, creator of the world, I think he would have changed things around. If he could have a do-over, he would definitely have a do-over. And so he would have found a room uh, for that baby, for that mother and that father. Uh, but he said, sorry, we have no room for you. He was otherwise preoccupied, preoccupied with the concerns of this world. Uh, Caesar Augustus, he wanted more money, so he was taxing people. And you know those taxes at hotels, they really get you. And so he was, you know, he was smiling ear to ear. This is a great time, great season for him. Uh, and to ensure uh, he got, uh, Caesar got what he was owed to him, he wanted to count all the people. Uh, and so everyone had to go and register where they were born and pay their dues. So Mary and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem, as did many others. But it was a busy month for the innkeeper. And a, a tax like this meant more money or more people would be needing a room for the night. And so the innkeeper was just too busy with business, too busy running his business, an entrepreneur, uh, self-employed man, uh, 
uh, putting in 60, 80 hours a week for his business, trying to make a living and save for retirement. And, and so uh, the innkeeper was just too busy with his own life and his own business uh, that he did not have time for baby Jesus. Uh, he did not even recognize this baby who was a promised one uh, would have saved to come to save all of mankind. And so even though there was no room for Jesus in the, the innkeeper's life and in the inn, Jesus, he still came anyways. Is, is that us tonight? Are, are we too concerned with what the world has to offer with money, career, business opportunities, ambition? All of these opportunities, there are plenty of them out there in the world. Uh, uh, plenty of ways and plays to go, but uh, do we are we concerned about Jesus at all? Not just this time of the year, but each and every day, we should be looking for our Lord and Savior uh, to worship Him and to give Him praise that is due to His name. Because without Him coming, we would not be here. I'm thankful that He came anyways, even though the situation wasn't the greatest. Amen. And so. Uh, too many people are concerned with uh, surviving and making a living that we put up a no vacancy sign in our lives. We just don't have time right now. Maybe, maybe next week I'll go next week or I'll, I'll come to church next month or next service or, or, or next year or, or Easter. Definitely I'll make it that by then. But then, uh, you know, do we still have uh, any vacancy left in our hearts for Jesus? But don't miss the fact that Jesus came to give us things that no amount of money can buy. He, gave, he came to give us a life more abundantly, give us, purchase our salvation, all of these things. Money cannot buy that. And that's what he came to give, and that's what he offers to give each and every one of us. But we just have to be willing to say, hey, okay, I've got some room for you. I'll clear out a room. I'll make some space in my life. I'll actually let you come in and stay in my life and take over my life so that you can lead me to where you want me to be. Uh, and so don't miss the baby by being distracted by what the world offers because it's a poor, poor substitute. The Santa, the Santa guy is a poor substitute for the real reason. All of these inflatables and lights and the, the distractions take your eyes away from the manger uh, and, and the cross and, 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 and you end up looking, looking around and see a tea in the yard and not know what is going on in your life. Aren't you glad that Jesus still came even though there was no room for him in the end? Aren't you glad that he still came knocking on the door of our heart even when at times we had we said there's no room for him? While we were out there living our lives, doing what we wanted, going where we wanted to go, uh, not, not caring or concerned with what others thought, let alone what God thought. We don't have time for that Jesus guy. We've heard the stories, and, you know, that's a great story, but we don't really have time for him in our life. But yet, while there was no room for him in my own heart, he came anyways. He came into my life anyways, Romans 5 and 6, for... When we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for the righteous. He didn't die for, the, for those that were believing in him. He died for the ungodly. For scarcely will a righteous man one die, but peradventure a good man would even dare to die. 
But God commanded his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Jesus said, I'm going to come anyway. Even though they don't want anything to do with me, I'm still going to come into their life. I'm still going to knock on their heart, the door of their heart. I'm thankful that while I was a sinner, Christ still came and he led me to this place tonight. And so while there was no room for God, he still came. When there was no room for him in the end, he still came. When I had no room for him, he said, I'm still going to come anyways. But not only did the innkeeper miss the baby, but other travelers and the other people of Bethlehem missed Jesus as well. What would you do if you knew that the president or the queen of England or some dignitary uh, was coming into town? I mean, the whole, the whole town knows about it. Uh, what if there was no room at the local motel or, or five-star hotel for them? Uh, would you think about offering up your home for them? No one thought to do that for Mary, and she was nine and a half months pregnant. I mean, of all people, you would offer, you know, hey, it looks like you're, you know, you're ready to burst. You can come inside and, and stay in our place. I mean, we'll go and stay in the, in, in the barn. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, imagine being in Mary's shoes for that night, a woman who's a solid nine months pregnant, barely making it down the streets of Bethlehem, and you can't tell me that nobody saw her. Can't tell me that they, they snuck into town and not even know, know anybody knew that they were there. Uh, they, they, other people had to have seen them, and they had, surely had known that, hey, she looks like she's pregnant. Uh, and so the truth is that there was no room uh, there was no room in their hearts or in their homes for Jesus. They had their own concerns, and most of the fellow travelers were on the road for the census, and so they were in a hurry to get to places and were just too worn out from a long day's travel to have room for uh, this young family and the baby. The, the townsfolk were uh, overrun with visitors to their city, and they uh, there were the school reunions to go to and relatives to catch up with and the dinner parties and, uh, and all these Christmas uh, events and all these things. And the calendar was just too full and they were just too busy to make room for Jesus. And so he walked on by to whatever place that would hold him as a shelter and end up being uh, a, a stable or a cave where the animals were, were living and so often at Christmas time, programs, uh, our schedules can be so hectic that we're just too tired to think about another thing. We're just so busy trying to get somewhere in life, or so busy doing things, we, we, can't, we just can't stop to give any time to the baby, and so we can easily miss him. Do we need to cancel some of our engagements at Christmas time so that we're not too busy? to think about Jesus, about the real reason for this season. And so there was no room for Jesus uh, in Bethlehem, but he said, I'm coming anyways. Uh, and so the last group of people who missed Jesus were the religious leaders of the day. They were like the ministers and the preachers and the pastors and the church leaders and People sh who, who should have been able to recognize when God was doing something, right? I mean, of all people, uh, you know, the religious leaders should be say, hey, something's happening. Uh, let's, let's go and find out. 
But when Herod heard, uh, he was trying to track down this baby. He heard about him from the wise men. He went to the religious leaders. The wise men came to Herod, and, and you know, Herod's like, there's a king being born. I need to know about this king. What? I want to worship him. Yeah, right. Uh, and so what did Herod do? Herod went to the Jewish leaders and said, hey, what, what's going on? What's this talk about these people talking about a king of the Jews being born? Uh, you know, uh, what, 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 what is this? How did we, did we miss this or what? And so they go and they, they, they searched the scriptures. They did all they knew about him from the prophecies in the Bible. And sure enough, he would be born in Bethlehem. But even though they were deeply religious, they didn't even bother to go and check out Bethlehem to see whether or not this was, this room was a rumor or not. I mean, you would think you'd send, you know, a squad of people, hey, put Bethlehem on lockdown, everyone quarantine. Uh, we know what that's like, and so we know if they went door to door, they'd find Jesus. Uh, and so, uh, so they didn't, we don't really know that if they went to, to check this out or not. Why? Because they really just had no room for him. They had no room for Jesus. They had all the facts about the baby, the religious leaders. They knew how special he would be, the Messiah that is born, that would come and save the world. They knew all of the prophecies, yet they really didn't seem to care, did they? They had no room for him. They didn't think that they needed a Savior, maybe because they thought that they were good enough. Or that they were just being a good person, and that's all God you know, just being a good person, you're, you're good. And, and these were the very people of God. The Israelites are the one that Jesus was coming to first. And the, the, the very own people of God, God's own people, they're the ones that missed him. Of all people, uh, they should have been there front and center. But yet, it took some wise men from the east who, who weren't even really uh, Jewish from what we can tell. They're just uh, from the ancient eastern, eastern religions. And so, but yet, they, they were searching the scriptures. They were reading the scrolls. And, and sure enough, hey, look what they found. Uh, uh, tell you what, God is not very far from every one of us. If we begin to search him with our whole heart, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If you're looking for Jesus with your heart, you're going to find him, and he will lead you to where you need to be so that you can have an encounter with Jesus. So it all comes down to whether or not we have room for him. And so we need to make room for Jesus if we are going to be right with God. He came to die so that we could be forgiven. Uh, and so if we want to be forgiven, we got to understand what he did for us. John 1, 10 says, he was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. They didn't have room for him. Even though God's own people did not have room for him in their life, and their hearts, he said, oh, I'm still going to come anyways. You don't think God knew that everybody had no room for him? And he's like, well, I'll just, I'm not going to come now. I mean, nobody has room for me. Can you imagine how he did that? But I'm thankful he said, even though I know what is waiting for me, I know that the world, I'm going to come to my own people, and they're not even going to know who I am or care about me. I'm still going to come anyway because I, I have a plan and I have a purpose and a mission to save all of mankind. And so I'm going to come even though there's no room for me. 
The world did not have room for Jesus 2,000 years ago, and it surely seems like it doesn't really have much more room for him in 2021. But that's not going to stop him from coming, is it? His second coming is not like he's waiting for everybody to say, okay, Lord, we're ready for you. Uh, there's going to be lots of people who are not who are not, don't even have any room or don't even know who he is. But that's not going to stop him from coming uh, to this world. Even, even though America is pushing God out and has been pushing God out of our schools and courthouses, out of our society and out of our, uh, uh, out of our raising of our children, he will still, his will is still going to be done. His spirit is still here working among us. And I'm thankful that even though the majority of the world does not have room for him, I'm thankful that even though he's going to come no matter what, if there's a, if there's a hungry heart, God's still going to come. He's still going to show up in your life, and he's still going to come to fill your heart because anybody that makes room for him, he's going to make sure he comes. And so he's coming back whether there's room for him or not. I know that there are people out here tonight that are ready for him to come, and we've made room for him in our life. Uh, not for him to come and to visit, but that for him to come and stay. Uh, I don't want just Jesus to visit me for a weekend and leave. I want him to come and stay in my life every day, right? I mean, that's what it takes. That's what happens when we're filled with the Holy Ghost and his spirit comes into our life. We literally become the temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of God. Uh, his spirit's inside of us and we're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's when he's come and say, hey, I'm not just coming to visit, but I'm coming to stay a while until my will is done. He came anyways. I'm thankful that he, he saw me and says, hey, I know that they're going to need some help, and I'm going to come even though they don't have any room for me now. But there's going to come a day when they will say, hey, I want you, Jesus. And that's, that, that changes everything, doesn't it? John 1 and 10, he was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came unto his own. His own received him not. But as many as received him, those that said, hey, we have room for you, Jesus. You can come into my life. We have, you can come into my room and my house. Uh, as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so if we make room for God uh, in our life, we're not going to regret it. Because once he comes in our life, things start to change, right? And they're going to change for the better. Why? Because we have God now actively working in our life because we're actively seeking him. And he's actively going to show up in our life. Uh, and so when you receive the Holy Ghost, it is the greatest gift of all. And you'll wish that you had made room for Jesus earlier in your life. Anybody wish they said, hey, God, you can come into my life earlier? All those years we, we put up the no vacancy sign, if we can go back and do it all again, we'd take that vacancy sign down, wouldn't we? We'd take the no vacancy sign down and we put up vacancy. You, there's plenty of room here for you, Lord. And so one, people, one reason that people have no room is because it's just it's an inconvenience to what they want to do with their life. And they don't want to 
uh, as we talked about on Sunday, they don't want to be interrupted, their plans, they've got all these things uh, planned out and worked out. Uh, but when Jesus shows up, things really change. You have to make a decision. Are, are you going to keep going this way or are you going to go this new path? Uh, and not everyone wants to go down the, the new way that, uh, that the Lord is leading people. Uh, because wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many be, be there go in. But uh, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that uh, leads to everlasting life. And few people, few that find it. And so uh, the majority of the world, as the, according to the Bible, the majority of the world says, we have no room for you. But that's not what I want to say. That's what, not what my life wants to reflect. I want my life to say, God, uh, you can have every room in the house and I'll go out and sleep in the, in the barn. I'll go and live in the manger because you deserve the best. Because without you, without your grace, without your mercy, without your love, I wouldn't have anything. I probably wouldn't be alive today. But because of you and your love, you said I'm still going to come anyways. Even though they're sinners, even though they have no room for me right now, I know that they're going to make room for me. And that makes all the difference in the world. Musicians, if you would come. The problem is not that God doesn't have enough to do. The problem is that God uh, wants to work in people's lives and come and be a part of people's lives. But they ignore his call. They ignore, ignore the drawing of the spirit. Uh, and they, they're just so caught up in all these things uh, that they just have no room for him. And so if you want to see your life blessed, let God interrupt your life and come into your daily schedule. Let God change your plans. Let him change your future. Uh, and then you'll look back and say, wow, how, how did I get here? Only by the hand of God, right? Only by the grace and mercy of God have we got this far. Are we this blessed of a people? Why? It all comes down to it. Uh, we, made, we made room for him. We made room for him in our life. And so he'll come and he'll move in and he'll change our life for the better. I'm thankful uh, for all that he has done and continues to do in our life. Uh, and so, um, if you stand with me tonight. In all the, uh, the Christmas pageants and, and plays that are done, uh, Joseph really does not get a starring role too often. But his role is so important. His task is to watch over Mary and the baby Jesus. And Joseph had the important role of caring for the needs of others. And uh, I never thought about this really before, but uh, Joseph doesn't say a single word in the Gospels. He's kind of there at the beginning, the birth of Jesus, making sure he's born and cared for and transported wherever he needs to go. Really, after that, we don't really see much mention of him at all. Some say maybe he died or whatever. I mean, can't imagine God would let his earthly father die prematurely. I don't know. But we don't really see much of a mention of him there. Maybe because he's just listening and obeying, doing what he's called to do. We, we, we might assume his words were recorded, but because we can... Uh, we can imagine the conversations he had with Mary and the angel Gabriel. I mean, there was a lot to talk about, especially in the early early days, as we mentioned on Sunday. We can hear him 
talking to the innkeeper. We can visualize him teaching Jesus about carpentry. But then he kind of fades from the scene. And when our lives take a, a nasty turn, we, we, we cry out like Joseph must have cried out, God, how, how can this be? But like Joseph, we hear a still small voice from God saying, just trust in me. Just trust in me. You, don't know to, you, don't, you can't see everything. You don't know how it's all going to work out, but we just got to trust in him. Just make room in, my, in your life for me and let me lead you and trust me. Uh, and God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we may never under understand everything that God is doing this side of heaven. But we know that all things are going to work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Amen. To those who are going to make room for him. Amen. And, and we are here tonight to make room for Jesus. It's a Thursday night. Sometimes it may seem like an inconvenience to come here in midweek. But hey, we're going to make room for Jesus. Why? Because he is the reason for this season. He's the reason why we're here. And we're coming to give him praise and glory tonight. Let's do that together. Let's worship the Lord as we close out tonight. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Hallelujah, Jesus. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Let us.
The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, that you came to earth to save us. We give you praise. Amen. Whatever your tradition, family tradition is, tomorrow or Saturday, whatever it is, sit around a tree or whatever, no tree, whatever. Be sure to make some room for him this weekend. Uh, not just go through and rip open presents, but hey, take some time. We, we, we read the Bible, we read the, the Christmas story before we do anything because, you know, that's the reason for it, right? Let's make some room for him this week. And not just tomorrow or Saturday, but Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and every single day. Make room for our Savior and our life is going to be that much better. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Have a great Christmas. and. We'll see you Sunday at 11 o'clock, 10.15 for prayer.